Hello and welcome back to Little MB. I've got a returning guest. She was actually one of my first guests. At the time, she went by the name of Susan, which is not her real name, because what she talks about, there are actual threats to her well-being, if not life. And this time is still another pseudonym. However, this is her actual Twitter handle where she goes on Twitter and discusses these things and shares information. And that name is Serena Glixman. That's S-A-R-I-N-A-G-L-I-K-S-M-A-N. And just a little disclaimer here. She is not against Muslim people, folks. What is she, what she is talking about now on this episode is the propaganda that is put out there against Israel to get people to hate Jews. Some of that does come from Muslims. That does not mean all Muslims. So do not hear this and think that she is against everybody that's not a Jew, because that's not the case. I know this lady, I've talked with her many times in private conversations, and she's a good lady. She just hates the propaganda that she sees coming through the media, coming online, coming from our own congressman regarding Israel. So, without any further ado, Please welcome Serena Glixman. Hey, how's it going? Hey, how are you? Uh, not too bad. Test, test. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, I hear you perfect. How about you? I hear you wonderfully. All right, good deal. Good deal. So you're going to be telling all of us about the not so wonderful things that are involving Israel these days. Right, right. Well, I, I was thinking that, that that was actually what you had, you invited me to come on here and talk yeah. about what's going on in Israel. Yeah, or, I did so because we hear nothing about it over here other than right. a protest in passing. And when you were visiting there, the post you were sharing blew my mind so yeah. right but we did have a conversation previous to this which wasn't really about what's going on in israel it was more about what's happening here in america but yes let's start first of all i, I i'll introduce myself uh my name is serena and um i am an israeli american i was born in israel i immigrated here with my parents when i was four I grew up in Detroit, Michigan, and I lived in Chicago for many years. And eventually a job took me back to Israel where I decided to stay and get married. And then I lived there for another 27 years. And now I'm back in America. So, um, yeah, I am uh, maybe an interesting person. I have an interesting perspective on what's really happening there as compared to what you may hear on the news or on social media. 
Yeah, which is which is really strange because it's not like the American mainstream media picks and chooses what it wants us to hear. <laughs> right. Oh Lord. Yeah, I mean, it's just so different there. I can't even describe it. It smells different. It tastes different. It, everything. It's just a different vibe in the air, you know. And um, and in Israel, I mean, I don't even think they're aware of all the bias against them here in America. And that's what I really want to talk about today. But let's touch briefly on what's happening in Israel right now, because uh, there was a right-wing prime minister, Bibi Netanyahu, in charge for many years with a hard-line government that kept the country safe. And the last few years, there have been um, left politically aligned governments, okay? Their government system is very different from here. And uh, it's not every four years. It's whenever the government falls apart, they have an election. It's kind of a banana republic in a lot of ways. So in short, there were a few years with a left-run government and that didn't work out. And there were a lot of security issues Therefore, in the last elections, Benjamin Netanyahu was reelected and he aligns with some very hardcore right, religious right, that a lot of the secular Israelis just don't want running the country. So there have been a lot of protests. Um, there are protests for many reasons. Uh, some of them have to do with the Supreme Court and the way the Supreme Court justices are appointed there because they're not elected by the people. Um, yeah, I know they're not elected by the people here either, but yeah, I I'm going to just sum that up and say I live in America now. I deal with American politics. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Israeli politics are very complex and uh, I don't live there, so I can't vote there. And therefore, I'm out. I'm here in America doing a different job, which is raising awareness about my country, you know, because there's a lot of fake news and fake propaganda that makes people not like us so much and it, it's very disheartening if you don't mind real quick is there any checks and balances with the appointed judges there like congress has to approve the presidential appointments to the supreme court i think there's a lot less checks and balances in general in the government you know i'm not a political analyst i don't claim to be i'm a you know i'm an artist i'm a musician I happen to be Israeli and I have a lot of, uh, you know, opinions and views about that. And I happen to be a woman and, I, you know, and a person on earth. So I have a lot of opinions, but I don't know the answer to that. All right. Anyway, what I, I really wanted to talk about today was anti-Semitism in America. Okay. Because I just saw an, a commercial on television. I was watching uh, The Voice or something. And 
There was literally a commercial on television. This is where we are, folks, that we need to pay to have an ad on TV to tell people not to hate us. And that just blows my mind because, you know, we are such a small part of the population of the world and we get so much hate and so much, you know, people are obsessed with us. Oh, the Jews control the media and the Jews control the, the banks, you know, the money, you know, the Jews have all the money all these tropes. And so I'd like to talk about what is being anti-Semitic. Okay. Like first, first, if you don't mind, cause this blue, this blew my mind. What is the world population of Jews? Uh, we have just passed 15 million Jews and that's, um, I believe 8 million or 7.5 million live in Israel and the rest are dispersed throughout the world, everywhere, really. America, Canada, Australia, England, France, uh, you know. Yeah, that, I just wanted you to mention that because it blew my mind that it was that small. And yet people act like half the world's made up of Jewish people right. that are just running around. And, you know, we are so embedded in American culture. People don't even realize, you know, you can hate on us all you want. But then, you know, so many of our movies and our songs and our traditions, you know, were written by Jews, were made by Jews. And Never mind. We're not going there. I want to talk today about what is anti-Semitism. OK, what is yep. anti-Semitism? I've broken it down to five categories, which is a lot as a Jew on earth. And I should mention, you know, I'm a very sensitive person. So I take this hate personally. I take it personally. I feel like uh, in, you know, in school, when everyone bullies the, the one kid, that's what I feel like my country is today because so many people are busy hating on Israel. Okay, so anti-Semitism today, I would say, comes from five different sources. And I'm going to outline it and then go one at a time, if, if that's all right with you. Go for it. The first one is obvious, you know, goes back to biblical times with uh, Esau and Jacob and, and the two brothers who are destined to fight forever. It's the uh, Muslims versus the Jews. And... Um, you know, there are 55 Muslim countries and one Jewish country, and there are 2 billion Muslims in the world and 15 million Jews. So a lot of the hate comes from just uh, culture. Um, you know, not all Muslims, you know, we'll get into that late, later, but that's our number one obvious, obvious anti-Semitic um, cause of anti-Semitism. The second one is neo-Nazis. There are still neo-Nazis in the world and some of them live in America and they go around and they do stuff and being actively involved in it, I hear about this stuff and it breaks my heart. Um, so uh, yeah, just to touch on that, there's a group called the Goyim Defense League who go around and they have uh, hung banners. Hitler was right from 
overpasses in Florida and Texas. Uh, they leave horrible booklets on people's um, uh, front porches, you know, with uh, just pictures of the Jewish conspiracy and how we own all the banks and we control, you know, we have big noses and greedy and all that. I mean, just with the tropes that go, you know, all the way back to like Shakespeare's time, Shylock the Jew, right? In uh, The Merchant of Venice. So Jew hate has been around for a long time. So that's the neo-Nazis. That's number two. The third um, these days is something new. For, to me, new to me, is called the BHI. They're the Black Hebrew Israelites. Uh, there are many African Americans who now uh, consider themselves the real Jews, and that would be fine. You know, we Jews, we love converts. You know, if you want to come join our religion, that's fine. I should say here, I'm I'm not a religious Jew. I believe, you know, I'm a believer. But Judaism is also an ethnicity. So I can be a Jew without keeping full kosher or keeping all the laws of the Torah. And anyway, the black Hebrew Israelites, the BHI, believe that they are the real Jews. They are the lost tribe. They are the real Jews. We are not real Jews, the rest of us. And also, they don't, uh, they don't follow any or laws so that should be said and also that uh has to do with Kyrie Irving you may have heard there was a stir a while ago where he promoted a book and a film called uh, Hebrews wake up black America okay so now there are a lot of people of color hating on Jews and hating on Israel because they identify with Palestinians, which is a whole other thing. So that's number three, hate. Um, number four, we said was conspiracy theories. Uh, you know, Jews own the banks, Jews own, Jews own the media. Uh, and, and of course, we, we Jews can be very loud. So if someone was... Someone like Kanye. Go ahead. It's just my clock. Okay. If you recall, if Kanye says what he said, he does, then, you know, Jews are going to make a big stink about it. Well, of course. Who wouldn't? And when we make a big stink and he gets canceled, then, then it comes back at us and they say, oh, well, of course. You can't criticize the person who owns you, right? So that comes back to bite us in the ass. Okay, and the fifth and the most like dangerous to me form of anti-Semitism are American Jews themselves. And I, I'll say ignorant American Jews, those who are not aware of their history, their history, okay? Because anybody that knows anything about Judaism will know that all of our holidays are based on different periods of time where someone tried to kill us and they didn't succeed, okay? Passover was built on when the Pharaoh of Egypt tried to kill us and didn't succeed and we escaped and there was the parting of the Red Sea, right? Our Hanukkah 
was uh, during the Greek times, the, 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 uh, the Maccabees uh, managed to, you know, get us out of trouble. I don't know the whole story, but again, someone tried to kill us. Purim was in ancient Persia when the king of Persia tried to king all, kill all the Jews. And, you know, so literally every single one of our holidays is about us overcoming another uh, person who tried to kill us, another ruler who tried to kill us. Okay. Yeah. So, so any Jew that would say, why do I have to believe in Israel? You know, why do I have to support in Israel just because I'm Jewish is obviously... Uh, you know, a threat to their own safety. Because <laughs> yeah, when it comes to hate, people do not care if you're practicing it or not. That's right. And if we go back to Nazi Germany, nobody cared if, if you were half Jewish. That's Jewish enough to, to put you in that gas chamber, you know? I think all the way up to either an eighth or a sixteenth Jewish was enough. Right. Well, so... Nobody cared, you know, that's why I always say to, to ignorant Jews, you know what, when they come for you, they're not going to care that you were, you know, nice to them, that you were on their side, you know, that you said free Palestine on your Twitter bio, you know, nobody's going to care, you know, when they come for you. Not at all. And if you don't mind me interjecting, people are probably, some people are probably sitting there saying, well, she's talking about all this stuff that happened in ancient times. Hitler was less than 100 years ago. That is right. It, was, it, it isn't even a full 80 years ago yet. Yes. So, you know what? I'll tell you what. I spent my whole life, you know, I at a Jewish school as a kid. So we were shown pictures of you know, the Holocaust. We were shown pictures of bodies, you know, of uh, all the shoes, all the, the the hair, you know, they cut off the hair and it was like piles of hair and all this stuff. And I was, it was traumatizing. I always asked myself, how did they just go? How did people just go? You, you know, they told you to get on a train. You just got on the train. I mean, why didn't they run? Why didn't they hide? You know? And I think I really got my answer because having moved back to Michigan and seeing my Jewish friends here, okay, and, and their kids, maybe, you know, people my age are a little bit more aware, but they seem to be very indifferent to stand up and do anything about it, okay? They don't want to be an extremist. They don't want people yes. giving them that look. You exactly, know, exactly. But, you know, it, it's, you know, I can totally see how it happened back in Germany. I, I've gotten my answer and I, I think I'm not alone. A lot of a lot of people are, are shocked at the lack of uh, motivation by, you know, local Jewish groups to do anything about what's happening. Well, with Germany, though, it. You know, it's not like we hear about the Holocaust, it, but it's not like in 1932 when Hitler was taken over, he's like, by the way, screw the Jews, get me in power and we're killing them. It, it came gradually with little changes here and there. And by the time it came to the Holocaust, it was too late for people to go back. Right. So right. It, did, it didn't just happen overnight. And that's the scariest thing for somebody who studies history like me, because 
you see little changes happening here and there, and it's like, wake up. That's right. <laughs> you know? and it's happening already because there are attacks on Jews, on people who are visibly Jewish, okay? I walk down the street. If I don't have some sort of, a, you know, I love Israel t-shirt on, nobody's going to know, right? But people who are visibly Jewish, who have a Jewish star, who have a, a, a skull cap, a, a yarmulke on their heads, are attacked every day in the big cities. Just yeah. for being Jewish. And, uh, and, you know, okay, so so now we're back to, like, what is anti-Semitism, okay? Um, and I, I want to say today, there's a lot of people online who will have you believe that anti-Zionism is not anti-Semitism, okay? That you can be against the Israeli state without being against Jews. I, you could say, I love Jews. I just don't believe in a Jewish state, okay? But I've got news for people, okay? I've just, the best argument over that is, you know, there are over 55 Muslim majority nations, okay? 22 are official uh, Muslim-run nations, okay? And the other are just Muslim majority or Muslim, uh, all Muslim. And, and there are no Jews living in any of those country, countries. And I bet people didn't know that before the land of Israel, there were Jews in Iran, there were Jews in Iraq, there were Jews in Syria, there were Jews in Egypt, there were Jews in Turkey, there were Jews all over the Middle East who left. They were forced to leave. You have a country now, leave, okay? And uh, yep, yeah, my family are, are Iranian Jews, Persian Jews. So anybody that says, you know, that Israel is an apartheid country, okay? I say, you know, Iraq, Iran, Syria, Libya, Qatar, where are your Jews? Where are your Jews? Afghanistan, Pakistan, Turkey, Jordan, Egypt, Indonesia, Nigeria, uh, Saudi Arabia, Eritrea, Uz Uzbekistan. Okay, where are your Jews? There are no Jews. In any of those countries. Well, let people know, too, what the population of Arabs is in Israel, because this also surprised me, too, because it comes across in the media as it's nothing but it comes across as Absolutely. nothing but Jews. So people will say, you know, free Palestine, free Palestine from what? OK, there when Israel was established as a nation, many Arabs came in from all over. They came from Jordan. They came from Egypt. They came from all over because there was work there, because they were building and farming. And so people came to work and build cities and they lived there and that's fine. And, and when Israel was declared a nation, a lot of the Arabs left because the Arab nations told them to leave. They said, leave your places. We are going to attack. And when all the Jews are gone, okay, this was the War of Independence. After the British mandate gave 30% of the land to Israel and 70% of the land to Jordan, okay? The British mandate of Palestine, it was already a two-state solution. Jordan got 70%. 
Israel got 30%, okay? And of that 30%, the Arabs were like, no, we're not having that. We're going to attack you. So they attacked from all over. And Israel won legally, okay? So after that war, the Arabs that stayed in were given Israeli citizenship and have all the rights of an Israeli citizen. They have the same social security benefits and, you know, anything. They, they, everything that an Israeli can do, they can do. They're Israeli Arabs uh, are 20% of Israel's population and another, I think, six to 7% of Israel's population are other. They are, uh, you know, Christian or Baha'i. You know, there's a Baha'i temple in Israel or, you know, uh, other other religions. But uh, only 70% of Israel's population are Jews, you know. And talk about them in the military as well, because that was something else that shocked me. Because it's not, you said you, you were telling me it's not mandatory service for Arabs, and yet there's a right. lot of them in the Israeli military. That's right. Uh, military is mandatory. Two years for girls, 2.8 years for boys and combat girls, anyone who's in combat. Uh, but the Arab residents of Israel are not required to join the army, but they do, they do. And a lot of them are commanders and officers and, you know, reach the highest uh, uh, ranks in the uh, IDF, Israeli Defense Forces. And also, you know, there are uh, Druzy Arabs, there's, which, who are, they're Christian Arabs, and they are, all, they also serve, uh, they don't also have to serve, but that they do, they, most of them do. and. They're very proud soldiers. And um, yeah. And I mean, anybody who lives there knows that like anywhere you go in Israel, you're going to, I mean, we live together. There's, you know, the fact that people call Israel an apartheid nation is, is, is a joke because first of all, you have no idea what apartheid is. You are, you are uh, disrespecting people who suffered genuine apartheid. Okay, that's the first thing. And and the second thing is, is there's just no such thing in Israel. I mean, you go to the movies, you go to the beach, you go to the mall, you know, you go to your dentist. My dentist was was uh, an Arab Israeli, you know. And also also there's no apartheid because, you know, Israel left Gaza. We don't, we're not, there's no Jews in Gaza, okay? So people say free Gaza. It's like free Gaza from who? You know, we're, we don't, we're not there. We left in 2005. I don't know what you're all talking about. You know? Yeah. People say Gaza is an open air concentration camp. I mean, there's so many lies on the internet, okay? An open air prison, you know? I recommend anybody listening to this who thinks Gaza is an open air prison to search hashtag the Gaza you don't see on Twitter. The Gaza you don't see because there is so much money in Gaza. So much money because they're funded 
by the 2 billion Muslims worldwide who, you know, feel bad for them. So they send them lots and lots of money. <laughs> yeah. And, and part of that's because they're right there. So if they're wanting them to do something on their behalf with Israel, they'll do it because they're getting money. It's no different than the Ukrainians. Well, it's the even more than that, unfortunately. Uh, there's a thing called pay to slay, okay? It's kind of the Palestinian NBA, okay? They, they train their kids to kill at a very young age. And uh, if you are killed in a terrorist attack or... The more lives you can take, the more money you can make in the Palestinian world, okay? Uh, if you kill a Jew, your family gets a paycheck every month. That's insanity. Yeah. This is true. This is proven. This is proven. Um, yeah. And um, Okay, so I want, I want to go to uh, the accusations... The yeah. thing is, accusations made about Israel that have all been debunked as lies. Lies, lies, lies. Okay? Okay, we talk about apartheid. There's no apartheid in Israel. Um, right. And there is apartheid in Saudi Arabia and Qatar, okay, where, you know, I don't, I can't go there. And Literally, it's for Muslims only. If you want to go, there are areas in Saudi Arabia, Mecca, that are for Muslims only. If that's not apartheid, I don't know what is. Uh, okay, occupation, you know, that we occupied someone else's land. That one really gets me, especially coming from, you know, a lot of this uh, propaganda you hear from young people who live in America. You know, and I'm like, excuse me, what? Where did your family, you know, where did your ancestors come, come from? Are you living on Native American land right now? I mean, I'm pretty sure that, you know, this area was, you know, had a few tribes that shared this land. So I don't know who you're calling an occupier, you know, or Canadians, you know, they have the gall to call Israel occupiers. Okay, whatever. Yeah, and their their brutality in Native Americans is just as bad, if not worse, than that of America. I mean, when you start finding out what went on there, it's like, okay, exactly. So. I mean, what are you talking about? Calling us colonizers? Nobody. We didn't colonize any land. Okay, occupy land. Land theft. I mean, I people literally think that Israelis came in at forty eight and told people to get out of their homes and then just like sat down on their couches and, you know, you know, use their existing houses. And, you know, it wasn't like that. No, we built our own cities there. Nobody stole anybody else's homes. That's, that's a lie. That no, is they, they think it's going on now. Right. People talk about like the demolitions. Well, I can tell you, let me tell you. Okay. There is so much illegal building that goes on there, okay? And the government, you know, they turn a blind eye as much as they can, but eventually they're going to be like, hey, you know, that you can't, you can't build here. That's not, it's not your land. You don't have approval. You don't have permits. You don't have blueprints, you know? So yeah, we're going to demo that house because it's illegal, okay? 
Yeah, and that's that's quite a bit different than the videos you see online. Absolutely. There are houses being demoed because they build without permits, you know? And if you say that to someone, they'll be like, oh, nobody will give them permits because they're Palestinian, and that's not true. I'll tell you, bureaucracy in the Middle East is a bitch. It doesn't matter if you're Jewish or Arabic or Christian or, you know, an alien. It, it's hard to get a building permit. It's a bitch, you know? Oh, I'm sure. So, you know, literally, there are Arabs occupying other people's land in Israel. So that is just a total lie. Total lie. I could go into another story here, but I'm not going to go there. But let's just say my family had some land in East Jerusalem that is currently occupied by squatters, okay, who have not paid a dime of rent since like the 1940s or ever. So, but I'm not into that story. It's just a lie. Also, you know, killing innocent children, killing innocent children. We have Congress people who tweet about Israel killing innocent Palestinians, okay? No, they are not innocent. They are not innocent. They are terrorists. And if we kill them, it's because they tried to kill us or they have a plan to kill us, you know? Like what you were just saying as far as the pay thing, as far as paying them for every Jew they kill. Oh, yeah, and that's just sad. I mean, I, I, I could show you, but... You can't see, but I could show you videos of uh, youth camps in the summer in 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 Gaza. Okay, yeah, are these uh, video stuff you share on your Twitter? Yes, on my Twitter, my Twitter is like ninety five percent Zionist. Yes. Well, what my point is, why don't you tell people what your Twitter is yes, so I, they can go see these videos? I would like that. I mean, I've been I, I originally went on to Twitter just to just to bookmark these facts so that I could learn so that I, I could have a, a, a an argument and not just be like, you know, I, I, I know it's a lie. And people would say, well, well, how do you know? Because I just know that wasn't a valid argument. So I got on Twitter to kind of do my homework and, you know, learn, learn some facts. So my Twitter handle is Serena Glixman. That's S-A-R-I-N-A Glixman, G-L-I-K-S-M-A-N. Glixman means lucky man in, uh, in German. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was going to say, I thought it sounded German, but... Glixman, yeah, it was my father's, it was my father's original name. Oh, okay. He changed it, which I never understand. Why would you, if your name was Lucky Man, why would you change your name? Uh, irony. <laughs> like, if you have a lot of irony in your life, you don't want to be called the Lucky Man and have a lot of bad crap happen to you. Right. It's kind of like the joke about the dog that's missing an eye and an ear and it's only got three legs and he answers to the name Lucky, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I lost my parents before I got to ask them a lot of questions about, you know, history, about my, my own family history. 
Anyway, I'm just going to plow right through to the next thing. So we're talking about false accusations against Israel. Um, killing innocent children. Right. So we were there. No, we don't kill innocent children. Um, and Palestinians kill innocent children all the time in Israel just for being Jewish. And I'll tell you, Nick, I don't know. There is not one Israeli citizen that has not lost somebody to terror. Okay. Well, I'm sure. Everybody knows somebody who died in some horrible attack. You know, everybody knows somebody. And it's it's just uh yeah, it's 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 very when your population's only eight million people in your country and you have terrorist attacks that occur as frequently as they do in Israel. I'd be surprised if you had people that wasn't connected in one way or another. Yeah, no, I think the popular total population of Israel is up to like 10 million now, I think. It's okay. 8 million Jews and or seven and a half million Jews and yeah, 2.5 other, other. Anyway, uh, okay. Also, uh, people who say genocide, you know, there's still people today, people today, politicians, who will stand up and say that Israel has caused a genocide to the Palestinians in, in, in the West Bank and in Gaza. And that is, wow, so not true because their population is actually uh, like times five what it was in 1948. So how does that constitute a genocide? It does not. And they are also among the fattest people, by the way. There was just a uh, an article about where, like, the most obesity is in the world. And some of the Arab nations are very high. And, and Palestine, which is, like, just a strip, basically, is not even a real place. It's the Gaza Strip and the, a little bit of the West Bank is considered one of the most, oh, 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 has the most obesity level. Just shows you, you know, they're not that deprived, as people think. And also, that I'd like to point out that uh, you may see a film, you know, with a horrible, horrible story. And you think, oh, these Israeli soldiers are so mean. But there is a thing called Pallywood, okay? Like Palestinian Hollywood, Pallywood. And there's a lot of creative people who live there. And... They make movies, you know, they have big budgets and lots of people who want to act in those movies. And there's all kinds of proof on Twitter where you can see, you know, dead bodies, uh, get up, you know, you know, like there'll be like 10 people on a stretcher and then there's a video and then like everybody gets up, you know, <laughs> after the take, they all take off their body bags and get up. Jeez. Yeah, so it's a real thing. And it's going to be even worse with AI being the way it is now. Oh, my God. I know. If they're, if they're making stupid interviews with Joe Rogan and Steve Jobs, think what they're going to do as far as propaganda like that. Yeah. I think, you know, my bottom line is that I think most of the anti-Semitism today in America is coming from people who just believe lies and a lot of ignorant people who are just 
not willing to do the research. They read the clickbait. But if you go a little deeper, if you read both sides, you know, I mean, the internet is flooded with anti-Israel stuff, you know. I mean, so many people. And academia right now is just a hellhole of, of, of propaganda lies, you know. Yeah, it's, it's sad. These lies are well-funded. It, it is literally a virtual war on the Jews, funded by the Islamic Jihad, you know, funded by the mullahs of Iran, who, who, you know, have always hated the Jews. And, you know, they're coming for the Christians next. Don't think they aren't. Oh, guaranteed. They're all tied together. Yeah. Once once they're all out of the way, then we'll work on the Muslims. I, I refer to a lot of it as, like, I, I tell people there's a lot of ignorant racism in this country. And it's people that'll say, white people say, for example, that'll say racist crap towards black people. And then when you talk to them and find out, they've never even met a black person. You know what I mean? It's it's out of ignorance that they say the crap that they say. Well, I live in Detroit, so I not ever having met a black person. Well, I came from a little town where there was one black family when I was growing up. You know, so it was, like I said, just a lot of ignorance. Yeah, I mean, it really has to come down to, you know, live and let live and 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 be kind, you know, are you kind? I mean, I see people in my day-to-day life, you know, I feel no racial, I feel no racial tensions at all in my area. I, I feel no racial tensions, but, but to open social media, you would think, you know, that black and white, that we hate each other, that we don't get along, that, that's what they make you feel. But, yeah, but when I go out in the real world, I mean, everyone's nice to me. I'm nice to them. I don't feel, I don't feel a racial tension in the air. It's only on social media. Yep. It's social media and regular media is where it gets portrayed. Yeah. It, I just, you know, likewise, I, I don't understand it. But what can you do, you know, other than yourself? Well, not, you know not fall for the ignorance of it. I'm, I'm <coughs> just, you know, aghast at the amount of stupidos that I see all over social media believing all this fake stuff about Israel and spreading it more and more and more. You know, I see these accounts with, with 60,000 followers spreading lies. It just, Oh, it just really hurts my heart. It really hurts my heart. And, um, you know, in some ways this has superseded like everything else in my life now. And I feel like I've been sent here to make people aware of, of the truth and the importance of it. Yeah, and to let people know, she's not sitting here saying Israel's perfect and they've never done anything wrong. She's just said, if you pay attention to what she's saying, it's the extremities that she's referring to 
you know, when it talks about Israel committing genocides and targeting children and, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. That it'd be all over. It's the false accusations. I mean, definitely not a perfect country. You know, it's a young country. We just celebrated 75 today, by the way. Happy birthday. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday to y'all then. Yeah. So, you know, it's a very young country. And and being there and seeing what we built, you know, is mind-blowing. We built an amazing little country in 75 years, but there's still a lot of work to do. You know, it's not perfect it's it's hard it's expensive you know uh, that you, you pay a high tax on everything well i want to address something else historically too because i've heard people say that jews had no right to go to israel and start their own nation that was agreed upon by all the world leaders for them to go back and start their own nation again because at the end of the Holocaust, at the end of World War II, the Jews said, where can we go? Not one nation wanted them to come. Not one. And right, so that... Well, you know, there was always a Jewish presence in Israel. That never went away. Well, that's not what I mean. I'm saying as far as them establishing it as a home nation for Jews. That's right. I mean, we the, were kicked out. We were kicked out by the Ottomans and the Greeks and the Romans, you know. And so Jews went to live everywhere. We were spread out through the world, you know. And at the end of World War II, it was decided that they were to start their own nation again because at the end of World War II, Russia didn't want the Jews. Look at what they've done to Jews back then. They were just about as bad as Hitler. You know, America America wouldn't take them in. So... You know, nobody wanted it. Where, where exactly were these people supposed to go? Right. What were they supposed I mean, to do? There was already a healthy Jewish community. In yes, yes. And in Canada, you know. Um, but yeah, but that's right. My family, uh, you know, I come from like a mixed family. My mother's family came from Persia and my father's family was uh, European like uh, Austrian, Polish, something area. Um, But also my Persian family, you know, was in Israel. They they went back and forth because there were all kinds of happenings in in Persia, you know. There there were all kinds of uh, uh, periods of time that they had to leave Persia. They went back to, to Palestine. At the time, it was Palestine. You know, but my my great grandfather was in Jerusalem in the late 1800s and bought land in the late 1800s. So I know that my family had a presence in Israel before the turn of the century. Yeah. It's just it's just insanity to me, like. I don't know. I don't even know where to go with that. It's just insanity. With yeah. all the hate and stuff that's out there. Yeah, and you know, I mean, a lot of these... Uh, also, I, I should talk about there's a lot of uh, NGOs, you know, those not-for-profits. Many, many NGOs that are, 
are, are, are getting money together for Palestine all the time, you know. And, you know, there's a reason the Palestinians don't want peace. And the reason is uh, that their leaders are becoming multimillionaires every time, every, every year that goes by that there's no peace because during Ramadan, all the Arabs give, you know, uh, charity and a lot of them tied. And where do you think that money goes? You think it goes to the poor people living in the, you know, the, the, the slums? No, it doesn't. It goes to the leaders and it goes to the terrorists who have, you know, houses paved with gold. And I'm, I'm not kidding about that. <laughs> well, anybody who wants to question it, just look at how quick Black Lives Matter went from something just to draw attention to a situation to its leaders buying mansions, literally buying mansions. That's right. You know, taking money from poor folk that are trying to support a cause and they're building mansions for themselves. That's right. And the BLM, you know, they Palestinians appropriated the BLM cause. You know, they said, who taught those officers to, to, to do that uh, net hold on George Floyd? That was the Israeli army. Did you know that? No. Did you hear that one? No. Oh, I've heard that one. I've heard them all, you know. Jeez. But it's the Israeli army that taught them how to, you know, sit on his neck like that. Yeah, that that make that makes sense because nobody could have come up with that on their own. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it may be true, but I, you know, don't don't you know, there's a lot of black people in Israel, and you know, there's there's black Jews everywhere, so you know that doesn't that doesn't fly. People, you know, saying you're anti-black. I'm not I'm certainly not anti-black. I'm not for BLM the organization, the organization, obviously Black Lives Matter, but the BLM organization is fake and they want your money and they're not going to do nothing for you. Well, if you don't like black folks, you're living in the wrong city. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's for sure. To, to move to Detroit from Israel, if you don't like black people, <laughs> I mean, you come know, on. You know what? I mean, <clears throat> I think that we have a bond. I've always felt a bond, you know, with, with people of color. And it's disheartening to see all the hate because a lot of them have bought into the the Palestinian lie, you know? They call it the Palestinian lie. Yeah, and the BHI and stuff like that. And... Yeah, I mean, you can say you can say that there are people who uh, identify as Palestinians today, and I accept that. You know, that's fine. As long as you don't want to throw me, you know, into the sea because their, uh, their slogan is from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. To which I always say, do you know which river and which sea? Because I bet they don't. Most people who chant that probably don't even know which river and which sea. But I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that would be the Jordan River and the Mediterranean Sea. And it just tells you that they want all of it. They don't want, you know, they want all of it. They want a Jew-free Palestine. That's what they want. No Jews. 
Yeah, no, there's that just isn't feasible. That's right. That's right. It's the one new Jewish nation. And uh, yeah, a lot of these people on, on social media are paid, you know, are paid trolls. Oh, guaranteed. Guaranteed they're getting paid. And a lot of them are just dumb. But then, you know, when you have a politician, when you have a politician sitting in Congress, I'm going to say her name, Rashida Tlaib. She's only one, okay? There are 14 members of the United States Congress who have literally signed on with the Islamic Jihad, okay? Somebody should follow the money. Somebody should see where their contributions come from. But I don't believe that Rashida Tlaib is a stupid woman. She's not a, a stupid woman. She's very bright. Therefore, my only conclusion is that... Uh, she lies because she knows that what she says is not the truth. Well, if she spoke the truth, she wouldn't be getting that funding. Exactly. Exactly. But she's just the beginning. I say, you know, I say to others, you know, there's, there's a bunch like her. She has inspired a, a lot of people, you know, if she can do it, so can I. Oh, that's that's the name of the U.S. Congress. That's mm -hmm. that's how they roll. If they can do it, so can I. Scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Yeah. And the only people with itchy backs are us citizens. <laughs> I literally, I call Rashida Tlaib, I call her Takia Tlaib. Because Takia is a word in Arabic, which means it's like a white lie. You're allowed to lie if it's for a good cause, okay? Jeez. So it's called takia. So uh, if, if your cause is jihad, and jihad means, you know, you want everyone in the world to worship Allah. And whoever doesn't worship Allah is an infidel and must die, okay? That's jihad. So, you know, if you practice jihad, you can lie. Basically, is what the law says. Well, that's kind of like the Crusades with Christianity. The Pope at the time basically said, as long as you're out fighting the Muslims for Christianity, you cannot sin. You can do whatever you want. Rape, pillage, all that kind of stuff, and it's not a sin. You know, it's the same kind of thing. Right. Yeah, I. Uh, there's so much... Idiocy, idiot, I mean, just so much. It, 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 it's just amazing. I've been going on TikTok lives lately, you know, and uh -huh. it's just unbelievable to me the amount of ignorant people on there. One live, uh, I don't know, they had like 2,000 viewers, okay? And, and they said, uh, Jesus was a Muslim. That was the topic. Wow. Wow, I'm like, why do you have to, you know, have that? Why, what, you know, okay, you know, everyone knows Jesus was Jewish, but whatever. Yeah, well, I mean, the obvious answer for that, I don't think Islam came around until what 600 AD. Bingo, bingo. I mean, so, 600 years before Islam even existed, you're trying to tell me that the, the quote unquote 
king of the Jews. Obviously, the Jews don't believe so, but you're trying to tell me that the king of the Jews was Muslim. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's just, that's how low, low we've gone. Yeah. I, it's just, I, I get it. And like you said, clickbait, because I've got a friend I've had for a few years now. And at first he got irritated with me because I'd call him a headliner. He'd read the headline to something. Right. And, and, the, and so I, what was funny is when I actually agreed with what he was saying, but I knew more about the topic, I'd argue the other way. And he'd be like, oh, wow, I didn't know that. And it's like, dude, I'm lying. Like, <laughs> just read what you're, like, clicking on. Like, don't yeah, just read might, the headlines. It might take some time. You know, you can read three articles and, and, and read differing, you know, opinions and, and make your own. I think people have forgotten how to make their own judgment. Opinion, yeah. Critical thinking skills. Yep, critical thinking, deductive reasoning, logic, all that kind of stuff. It's just not a factor anymore. Yep. Because everybody's got everything to do it for them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, back to uh, the beginning of our conversation when you said what's going on in Israel. So, I mean, I just wanted to tell you, I was there uh, last month for about three weeks. And while I was there, there were about 40 rockets launched on Israel while I was there, okay? Uh, it's a tiny country, like the size of Maine, okay? It's, it's, it's no bigger than Maine. Uh, to drive north-south, all of Israel is about a seven-hour drive from north to south. And to drive east to west is 20 minutes, okay? Well, I mean, think about put the population in this perspective. The population of Israel is New York City. Exactly. You so know, it's, it's, it's not big. So uh, when I was there, there were rockets from Gaza in the south, which is, you know, that's a normal thing. Every time something happens, they, you know, fire some rockets at us. And I don't know if people sitting in their living rooms in, in, you know, Illinois or in Michigan can even imagine what that would be like to have no. rocket sirens go off and you have to run into your safe room if you have one. Not everyone has a safe room or a shelter, okay? Some of the old buildings have shelters, Okay, it could be in the middle of the night. It could be twice a night. You could have little children that you have to wake up in the middle of the night and take to the shelter. Okay, so there were about 30 rockets to, uh, 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 fired from, from Gaza. And then there were, I guess, about five rockets fired from Lebanon in the north, which is more rare. That doesn't happen very often. Uh, I guess, you know, there's, there's Hezbollah in the north and there's Hamas in the south, all these Islamic groups. And while I was there, there were also two missiles fired from Syria, which like never happens, you know. So and this week, a Jordanian parliament member got caught trying to smuggle weapons over the border. 
Okay, so in Jeez. other words, it's coming from all directions, all right? It's coming from, you know, this little country surrounded by these huge Arab nations, okay? Uh, it's crazy. And then on top of that, while I was there, there were two terrorist attacks. Uh, they were both car rammings, okay? One was a car ramming and a shooting. That's usually what they do. They ram their car into a bus stop or a park, and then they get out their gun and try to shoot whoever's just innocent people, okay? So the first attack was uh, a mother and her two daughters uh, were killed. Jeez. The second attack was an Italian tourist was killed, and a group of Italian tourists that were with him were injured in varying degrees of, of, of severity. Uh, you know, and it's just like, I know that people in America deal with uh, violent crime every day. And so maybe it doesn't seem like a, a big deal, you know, to have someone just shot just for no reason at all, except for, you know, they were in the Jewish state because that Italian tourist, man, you know, Palestine is still not free. The fact that he's dead did not help free Palestine, did it? No, and it's not going to because if there wasn't an issue before, there's going to be now because Israel's going to have to protect its tourism. Exactly. So every time there's a horrible terrorist attack, so the, the army goes in and they try to find the people and they try to clean up the terrorist dens, okay? And then the Pallywood media says, oh, the occupier Israeli army came in and, you know, hurt innocent Palestinians, you know, and it's, 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 a, media, it's a media flip, media bias. See, what most people don't understand is in America, it's, it's something over 90% of crimes are committed against our own people. So meaning, like, if I'm going to commit a crime, it's typically going to be against a white person. If I was black, it'd be against a black person. And, you know, that's what cracks me up when they talk about black on black crime. It's, it's like, well, that's the same as white people and Hispanics and everybody else. They usually hit their own people. Right. And, and so, like, it, it's not that this kind of stuff is foreign to Americans, but targeting other people is actually pretty foreign yeah, to Americans. I think, I think maybe, you know, I am, uh, like, on the verge of baby boomer. I'm, I'm Jen... What is it, Gen X? I guess I'm Gen X, but I'm like on the last, I was born on the last year of baby boomers. So people my age, okay, we remember, we remember the Palestinian hijackings, okay, of the 1970s, where they would hijack airplanes and cruise ships and kill people for the 72 uh, Munich Olympics, where they, where they killed athletes israeli athletes you know uh, yes i mean we remember the palestinian you know or the islamic jihad cause being a terrorist cause it always has been but but this generation i don't know what happened here but they just they believe the propaganda it's they easy fought. it's easy to forget 
It's easy to forget. I mean, look at 9-11. Bible sales were in a, like percentage-wise, not numbers. Obviously numbers because there's more people, but percentage-wise, it just blew every record out of the water after 9-11, you know? Yeah. And in 20 years, people have forgotten. People have forgotten. It's unbelievable. You know, uh, and- the, look how big the Holocaust was. You know, the Holocaust was massive. This was world, some of the first world news. And people are just, well, that was a long time ago, you know? It was and, and so And so these little things that you're talking, and I'm not trying to be, you know, cruel or anything by calling somebody getting thrown off a cruise ship as little, because it sure as heck wasn't to them. Yeah. But these things that aren't even close in comparison to scale, it's going to stay with people a couple months and that's it. Yeah. I mean, that was a, such a huge thing. And how could anyone forget that? You know, that was a prime example of, you know, terrorist mentality, you know? Yeah. I and mean, I mean they, and they were blowing up airplanes and stuff like that. I mean, pe- see people my age, even though it was something I lived through and I remember you know, it's not like I got great memories of it, but I still remember us blowing up Gaddafi's house in Libya because he was funding some of these terrorist attacks where they were blowing up civilian airliners, you know, yeah. and people have forgot. And listen, I grew up here, you know, yeah. being Israeli, and I can't tell you the number of times, you know, my friend's parents would ask me, how can you go to Israel? Aren't you afraid? Isn't it scary? Because there have been terrorist attacks there since the day Israel was declared a state. They have been fighting their jihad war and it's offered a state. They weren't offered, you know, there was the Oslo Accords. You remember the Oslo Accords? Yes. They weren't that long ago. That was Clinton and Arafat. Yasser Arafat. And, you know, there's another name that yeah, people, people just ask, like, where's the money? You know how much money Yasser Arafat uh, uh, recruited for the PLO, the Palestinian Liberation Organization? Millions, millions. Where is that money? I'll tell you. I know where it is. His his wife and his daughter are living the high life in Paris. That's where that money is. Oh, there's zero doubt in my mind because I think it, it did. Like over time, it went into the billions as far as what they were given. Oh, yeah. They are very, very rich. That's Sua Arafat and her daughter. They live in Paris. Yes, they do. They don't live in Palestine. No. You know, they do not live in Palestine. Yeah, they they, they don't go around the poor folk. <laughs> That's right. And also, you know, Muh- the Abbas, uh, Muhammad Abbas, the, the current Palestinian leader was elected democratically, you know, 20 years ago. All right. They haven't had an election since then. So, Jeez. you know, it's uh, their leaders don't want peace or there would have been peace. There's there's no there's no business in it. That's right. Because it's the poor people fighting and dying. So, you know, they don't care. That's right. Their, their leaders are no different than our leaders here. They don't their care. Leaders it's not are them. making the money because 
everyone's giving them money. They are getting support worldwide from governments, not just from their people, from governments getting supports. That's right. Your tax dollars, too. And people complain that America gives uh, Israel uh, aid, which I should set people straight. They don't give money. They don't hand a blank check. America does not give Israel money. I want to like debunk that myth, okay? When 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 they talk about foreign aid, they are giving goods made in America. And when I say goods, I mean uh perhaps uniforms, perhaps uh vehicles that the US Army no longer uses, used vehicles, uh used guns, okay? Used guns that the U.S. military no longer uses will be given to Israel. Um, equipment made in America that can help in training, such as sports equipment. I know this for a fact. Uh, you know, things like that. It's a win-win situation. Things that are made in America by Americans, okay, who got paid to make those products. That's the U.S. aid that Israel receives. It's not money okay and uh defense systems and let's be honest you know that means that america has a place to land their their military in the middle east has a safe place okay and if you walk through the streets of israel you see army u.s army and u.s marines and u.s air force because they work with israel in joint operations all the time joint training operations. Well, and this is something I've talked about before, too, because there's a lot of people who say Israel wouldn't be a nation if it wasn't for the aid that we've given them, like the military aid with weapons and stuff like that. The fact is, we didn't give Israel any aid until after the Six-Day War in 1967, in which they were attacked on all borders, all sides. Right. And they won in six days, had a kill ratio of 100 to 1, and yeah. they had nothing, and they and they whooped ass. And then after that, we're like, okay, these people are legit. Let's try to help them out. Maybe it'll calm down some of the strife that's going on over there. I have to interject here, Nick. Do you know that one of my earliest memories is of the Six-Day War? I was, I was three years old. I was living in Eilat, which is southern Israel, on the Egyptian border. And we literally saw the Egyptian jets cross over our heads on the way to attack Tel Aviv. And my memory is being led out of the kindergarten into a bomb shelter uh, with a bunch of other kids, you know? Yeah, the closest that we have... Uh, people that are my age, we still did nuclear drills, which is hilarious because it was getting under your desk. Right. If that's if that's gonna, if that's going to protect you from a freaking nuclear fallout, but because uh, those who don't know that live in my area of Washington, Illinois, and Peoria was considered number thirteen on the nuke list because of Caterpillar, and so. 
that that was something that was scary as a kid, and yet we did not have what like Israelis have. I can't imagine rocket sirens where all of a sudden you're going to be led into a bomb shelter and hear explosions and stuff. Yeah. And on the internet, I mean, if you dare to say on the internet that Israeli children are, have been traumatized, you know, by seeing these rockets and, and seeing, you know, we have a missile defense, defense system that's called the Iron Dome. Iron Dome, yeah. Which if you're, if you're a child, you don't know which missiles are the good missiles and which missiles are the bad missiles. But, uh, you know, if you dare to mention that Israeli children are traumatized, then there's always some hater there to say, oh, well, at least they have bomb shelters. How come nobody builds bomb shelters for the poor Palestinians, you know, to which the obvious is reply as well. They're the ones shooting the rockets. And, uh, you know, when it, of course, Israel retaliates because we have to, we can't just let them bomb us. So, when they when they fire their rockets, we go in and shoot, you know, rocket launchers. We don't go in and like bomb innocent people. If there's a building that has a rocket launcher that has been identified by the Air Force, okay, they have something called um, it's called uh, knock. I'm translating from Hebrew. Knock on the ceiling. It's a it's a, a an operation called knock on the ceiling where the IDF will literally parachute flyers, okay? Saying, yep. this area is about to get bombed. Get your ass out. And that, see, that is just insane to me. Because they're not interested in killing people. They're interested in, you know, shooting equipment, shooting, uh, you know, Implements of destruction. Yeah, I, I understand that and I get that. Um, and yeah, see, that's the thing. I, I could be wrong on this, so you'd have to look it up. But I'm pretty sure Victor Boot, the guy that we just traded for Brittany Griner, he's also known as the Merchant of Death. He's a Russian. Mm -hmm. And he was known for selling... Um, war supplies, weapons, and missiles, and all kinds of stuff, supplying both sides of wars in Africa. And if I'm not mistaken, he even supplied terrorist organizations within the Middle East. And this is the guy we just traded for a basketball player. Right. right. And it's just like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, and wasn't, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't she the one who, like, turned her back on the national anthem? Yeah. Yeah, on the flag and anthem and stuff right. like that. Yeah, which you know, I think I said this on our previous, uh, our previous podcast, which is like, if Americans don't appreciate what they have here, you know, yeah, go somewhere else for a while. Yeah, go get on a plane, go anywhere else, really, anywhere. And, and see, that's the thing, like. That's something I thought when I came back from Romania when I was 16, because things were different over there. And even in the 90s, you had the women are abused and treated like crap. I literally saw a woman get smacked because she overcooked the dinner and she was made to redo dinner. And for you smart asses out there, no, I was not the one that smacked her. But <laughs> it, you know, it's like, you know, I'm not saying that things can't improve, 
But if you think you got it bad, go live in that situation where that can happen to you. Yeah, go anywhere else, really. I mean, I've been I've been a, around a, enough in the world to realize what a great country this is, you know. And it you really have freedom and opportunity here that that you don't see anywhere. And creature comforts, my goodness. No, it's insane. I, I won't forget the conversation that I had with you when we first started talking and you were talking about the number of prescriptions that Americans are on and how it blew your mind. Oh yeah. The whole drug, uh, drug culture. Wow. Yeah. Kids too. I'm not even talking about adults. I was, I was hearing cause my, uh, my children uh, volunteered to work at a camp here um last summer and they said wow every morning you know all my kids had to go to the nurse to get like their pills you know but, yeah it's 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 insanity yeah all these kids taking uh you know the ritalin and uh and the depression drugs my goodness yeah it's and we're so far along now, it's like, how do you even stop that? I don't know. You know, because that's, that's the thing. <clears throat> you, like, when it's shocking people coming from Israel where they have to deal with rocket attacks and these car attacks that turn into shootings, and they're not on antidepressants. <laughs> no, but they, no, but they smoke a lot. <laughs> you know, people are always shocked at how many smokers, you know, there are still in Israel. Everyone smokes in Israel. And it's like, yeah, of course you do. You know, when you, when you might die like any minute from, you know, nuclear war, <laughs> what the hell? You're going to, you're going to enjoy your smoke, aren't you? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> But tell everybody again your uh, Twitter, just to make sure that they're able to go and follow you and see some of these videos that you're sharing on there and the discussions yeah. you're having I on should, there. I, I would like to to say something. I mean, I did a yeah. I did a podcast with you, and I was anonymous there. I came on as Susan, you know, and and now I'm giving you my Twitter handle, which is also. Anonymous, and I, I, I want to point out that the reason I'm anonymous is because I am frightened. I am frightened because I am pro-Israel, and there are so many people who hate Israel that I am literally afraid for my life, okay? That's more than understandable. And that's why I use an alias. And Serena Glixman... Um, Serena was the name my my Persian grandmother had to use when she lived in Mashhad, Iran. Okay, it was Persia at the time. But when she lived in Mashhad, Persia, and they went out into the streets, they were religious Jews, they couldn't be identified as Jews. So they all had different names that they used out in public. Okay, her name was Esther. And she had, she was Good given, biblical name. Yeah. And she was given the name Serena to not be identified as a Jew living in Persia. Um, Man. Yeah. So that's, and Glixman, 
was my other grandmother's last name. And she, my other grandmother lived in Austria, like on the Polish border. And she was part of the, uh, I can't remember what it's called, the kinder trains or something. There was a movement of very young people who left their families to go to Israel before the war. And my grandmother left her family at age 14 to live in Israel on her own. So she was spared the Holocaust. I don't know what happened to her parents or her extended family. Nobody ever talked about that when I was a kid. You know, my, yeah. family, my family was the generation that just wanted to move forward and not talk about that horrible history. And that, and, it, and that to me in a way sucks because there's some of the hardest yet kindest and greatest people like my grandfather on my mom's side. He had to leave home when he was 14 and support himself back in 1937, you know, and he refused to talk about it, you know, cause it, he didn't growing up in the depression. It was not easy in a little mountain town. And he refused to, and it's like, man, the shit that I could learn from you if you'd talk about it. I you know. know. It, was, it was literally, I think my father was already suffering from dementia when I started asking him questions. It was just way too late. Yeah. To learn about my own family history. I was just, you know, I was never really interested until there was a problem, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my gosh. I should really learn my own history. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. You know, I like out of my generation, I know more about the Pelman family than any of my cousins or siblings, you know, and for whatever reason, I always found it interesting. I've always loved history, I guess. So. Yeah. I I was, uh, I'm catching up, you know, I'm really catching up. I, I was, I was very ignorant of history, and now I realize why it's important, especially to know your own history. Well, you have to know what other people have gone through in your family and that. It just offers a whole new level of respect. Absolutely. Because I grew up loving my grandfather, but, you know, when I started getting older, like in my mid to late teens, early 20s, and I found out that he left home. And started driving semis cross country when he was fourteen. It's like wow. <laughs> it's like right. That's that's a different breed of man right there. You know, definitely. I see what you're saying. And that isn't even close to being at the same level of what your grandma Serena had to go through, Esther. You know, yeah. or or Glixman. So I mean, right. That just takes it to a whole new level. Yeah. Yes, but uh. So, uh, yeah, Glixman, my other grandmother, and also her husband, they both left Europe as teens and, like, you know, were among, like, the first pioneers of Israel, basically. So, oh, that's interesting. And, you know, uh, every single person in my family has served in the military except me and including both of my children 
which is uh, very strange to me that I was the only one that somehow... Well, you were over here, though, weren't you, at the time? You didn't go over there until you were in your late 20s. Yep, yep. I don't think I could have handled the Army, but I'm kind of making up for it now by by raising awareness. What a beautiful country. And anyone listening to this who's ever wanted to go and, like, walk where Jesus walked and all that, you know, it's not, it might sound like a very scary place, but again, living in Detroit, you know, I've always felt much safer walking the streets of Israel. Yeah, I was was thinking of Chicago, (laughs) you know. Absolutely. I lived in uh, Wrigleyville in Chicago, and I felt a lot less safe walking home from work at night, believe me than I ever did in Tel Aviv, Israel. So so if you ever want to go visit anyone listening that, you know, do it, do it. There's so much to see. It's a beautiful, beautiful country. Because not that crime doesn't exist there, but the violence isn't typically coming from crime in Israel. There's you know? very little violent crime. Well, you know, crime that's happening will be like thefts, you know, in some of the uh, outlying areas, but... or. You know, I think in the cities, you know, bicycle theft is a huge thing, you know what I'm saying? But but in terms of, like, just violent crime, you know, it just doesn't happen. It really just doesn't happen. Uh, you know, mass shootings. We don't have mass shootings. We have terrorist attacks, which means somebody comes to kill Jews, you know. And yeah, that, that does happen, but I, I still think it's safer than you know anywhere in America. Well, it probably is as far as crime and stuff like that, and as far as death rates due to outside influences of health, you know. Yeah, yeah, so great. I think we've covered pretty much everything on my list today. Any questions? No, you know, as I was coming up with questions, you were going in to answer them. So for myself, yeah, I think you did a great job as far as bringing the stuff up and answering all the questions I could come up with as you talked about it. Awesome. Well, I thank you for uh, letting me, you know, share my thoughts. Um, Just today, I, I, I should say that just today... Uh, I I was made aware of an event that's happening in my neighborhood uh, this weekend. There's a propaganda event, okay, happening uh, at a public library here in my area. And the people that are going to be speaking at this event are known uh, propaganda spreaders with ties to Islamic Jihad. And, uh, you know, I called the library (laughs) and said, are you aware of who you invited to speak there this Sunday? And the library said, you know, they just rented a room. It's free speech. Anybody can rent a room. Even KKK can rent a room in a library and have an event. That's America. That's free speech. So 
I was very happy that the nice librarian was kind enough to call me back. <laughs> well, I mean, I have so many mixed emotions. I understand. I do not mind racist people like KKK because if you don't let them talk, you don't know who they are. But then by the same token, it's just, it just mind boggling to me that there's still people out there that are that big of idiots. Yeah. So what my plan is, I'm going to go to this event. I'm going to sign up as Karen. My name's going to be Karen. So they can't ID me. And I'm just going to wait for them to lie. And as soon as they lie, I'm going to call them out. Just be careful. Yeah. Because there's crazy people out there. And you can sit, go there and lie about your name. But the fact is, is somebody can follow you home. And know where you live. Thank you for pointing that out. I will pay attention that nobody's followed me home. Thank you. Yeah, I'd take I'd take a taxi <laughs> somewhere else and then get an Uber. <laughs> you know, yeah, people I are just crazy. I should mention that since our last, um, since the last podcast I, I have done, I did with you, I have gotten myself trained at armed, and um, I I now have a concealed pistol license. And I feel a lot safer. Well, if you have to pull it, don't hesitate to freaking use it. You can bet on that. You can bet on that. I, I'm feeling very empowered these days, but I still don't want anybody following me home. You're right about that. Yeah. That would be no bueno. Yeah. But. All righty. <laughs> Well, I appreciate you coming on here, Serena. And thank you so much, Nick. Always a pleasure chatting. Yeah, and you're you're more than welcome on here anytime. You come up with anything new or need to talk about anything else, don't hesitate. All right. Thanks so much. You have a great night. Yep, you too. And the rest of y'all take care. Bye. <laughs>